0: Pará para. para, para.
1: Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to another Lions Den with Seth. Hopefully, everything is going good with you, yours, and your family, and friends and foes, okay? No matter who it is. This is a great, great day, right? Because you're going to have been anywhere in the world, but you happen to be here with us and you are on this side of the dirt, right on, right on. So y'all, we have an outstanding show, outstanding show for you today. But if you haven't done so already, make sure go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook so you can be involved in this conversation. Let us know where you are. If you can see this pretty chocolate face right now, at least let us know that you're here and let us know where you're calling from or watching in from okay we do appreciate that and of course i couldn't do this without my team right so got my man big herm in the
2: building how you feeling bro man good and tired but i'm here yo when we supposed to eat some breakfast we was man but i was tired bro. <laughs> bro yo yo i've had i've had the weekend for the ages man you know uh first first stop you know uh what one a joyous occasion, but it was something that I was glad I was part of, of course, you know, it was there, there for my family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you go from that, then you go straight into a wedding for, uh, you know, saying for a joint of a union. It's like, man. So it's like a roller coaster of emotions, all kind of travel driving all over the place. I'm like, man, is this is what I get used to when I get married. Bruh. I'm used to just sitting in the couch and just being at home. You know what I mean? I'm all over the place now. Hey, hey, yo, the days of that. Are over.
1: You understand yeah. what I'm saying? What's going on, Miss Camille? What's going on? Yo, Job, what's up, man? Hey, everybody, how y'all feeling right now? How's y'all day going so right, far? Right. Hopefully, it's going better than Herms. You know what I'm talking about? And listen, my mom, hold on, my day is good though. Oh, you know what I'm saying? No, listen, it's good. You understand? I have my mind wrapped around some waffles. You dig what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, <laughs> y'all ah, They don't have waffles at first watch. I would have made some. <laughs> you understand know what I'm saying? <laughs> shame on it all what's going on what's going on everybody hey so look of course it's not just going to be me and herm today of course we got our mans larry up in the building how you feeling bro what's up what's up man Man, can y'all hear me yeah, we can
3: hear you. We can hear you. I like that background going yeah, on. Man. Know, man. My auntie gave me this picture, and I was like, yep, this fits it and matches the office, and the message says it all, right? That's it. That's so, it. I so sure that go. breakfast this morning. I had to go and get my own breakfast since he woke me up, man, because I, I, I didn't <laughs> check my message last night. I didn't see it until this morning. My wife was like, we still going? I was like, you know what? Let me check. I was like, what? I could have slept in, but I ended up getting up anyway, and we went and had breakfast at IHOP, man. Y'all oh, okay, that ain't bad. What's going on, yeah. Ternise and
1: everybody there? So, go ahead, Larry. Man, I give you the honors, man, to introduce our guests
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lions, in welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a wonderful guest. I actually met her while walking through the airport. We got was chopping it up as we were going through the check line, and uh, my wife was like, Hey, you should have her on the lines then after we had our conversation. So, we have an author a speaker, a life coach, but also an advocate for mental health. Please, please give a warm virtual applause for Miss Million Hair Williams. All right. All right.
1: (laughs) And how are you, ma'am? How are you this, this fine
3: evening?
0: I am doing fantastic. I tell you, I wake up every day As long as I'm breathing, I got some cognitive skill sets and I can move this body. The rest is downhill, I'm in there.
1: All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a ride, get ready for a (laughs) ride. We're gonna be talking about a mom on a mission, Mm -hmm. right on. So go ahead, Herm, I'll let you get it.
2: Hey ma'am, so uh, the first thing we wanna, wanna be able to do is let the audience know a little bit about yourself. And so I'm gonna start off light because I know a lot of people are probably wondering, is Millionaire, her real name, you know, that's kind of <laughs> unique. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself starting with your uh, unique name?
0: Yes, Herm, I, I will, because oftentimes, especially when I'm going to a conference or something and, you know, they've got the table out there and the names, you go pick them and they're like, we've been waiting to see who Millionaire is, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, my name happens to precede me oftentimes, but as I shared earlier, um, uh, that name actually was a name that was given. I used to model a number of years ago. I tell people I'm 65 years young today. However, it was back in some days and um, I used to hit that stage and hit it hard and make my mark and impact and do what I do. And um, they used to always say, I look like a million and I modeled professionally for about a good seven years. And so that just became the stage name. One day I'm like, you know what? I need to legally go ahead and change this name. And I did it. I went down there to LA superior courthouse and um, gave them $350. And it is on my driver's license. Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, right. home. all right. right.
3: I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Larry. Millionaire, million hair. Yes. Talk sir. about the mom on a mission because I'm sure folks are like, what? Mom on a mission. Where? what?" Talk about what that, what, what is that about?
0: Yes, I um, had the privilege of coming alongside my son. He had joined the United States Marine Corps. And when he joined, we were not in active war at the time. And um, and it's a, it's a story that is like really a crazy kind of thing, how it even happened. Because I was living in Los Angeles at the time. My son was in sales, working on Wilshire Boulevard, in LA and uh, we were headed to a family reunion in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And so my three children and I packed, we got on the plane headed back East and uh, we flew into Virginia beach to visit my sister and her boys. And we were all going to drive from Virginia beach to Jacksonville to the family reunion. Well, that's what we did. Had a great time, three day reunion, family, friends, you know, how the family reunions go and get back on the road to go to my sister's home. Well, unbeknownst to me, my son had driven with his uh, cousins and they um, took him to the marine recruiter station while we were there on vacation because they had joined prior to us arriving there in uh, Virginia Beach. And so he comes back to the house. My my sister and I were sitting at the table and he's like, mom, you'll never believe what I did. And I'm like, what? He's like, I joined the United States Marine Corps.
2: Hmm.
0: You, You did what? We're here on vacation. You have a job to go back to. You have a room at home and you're just telling me you signed your life away to the United States government and what? So that's not usually, I think, how you go into, you know, the military. So that was a cold blow for me. And after I kind of calmed down and, you know, again, we were not in active war at the time and, you know, it kind of sold on me. I went down there to the recruiter to talk to him and I'm like, how dare you sign my son up? He's like, he's 23, He, he can do this without your permission. And I'm like, oh, this is not going well. Well, make a long story short with that, he signed. So my son and my daughter, we get on the plane without my other son. And he stayed there at my sister's house until they went into the Marine Corps. And um, so, yeah, that was a wild ride of how he even joined, you know. And um, at that point, like I said, we were not in active war. But then 9-11 happened. He was deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan. He was there for nine months. And when he came back, we had a huge celebration for him, family and friends. You know, my son is back from war. All his body parts are here. You know, I'm thinking, hoorah, you know, simplified Dallas, all of that Marine. And um, a friend of mine who's an RN, we went in the restroom and she said to me, she says, Million, have you looked at Jerome's eyes? And I'm like, what do you mean if I looked at his eyes? I said, my son is back from war. I'm all hyped. I'm all excited. She said, when we go back out into the restaurant, I want you to take a look at your son's eyes and you tell me what you see. And, you know, she was really emphatic about it. So I said, "Oh, okay, well, let me just go on out here. I go out and I've always called him champion. So I said, champion, give mom a hug. Cause I've always been hugging and feeling and, you know, hug on my kids, love on them. And, um, I looked at his eyes and I was like, oh my God, my son's body is here.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know who that person is that I'm looking at. That cold stare, that PTSD look, and believe me, it was as if somebody had driven a stake through my heart. But yet, You know i'm a hollywood girl so it's like never let them see you sweat in hollywood so i had to like keep the smile and you know keep all my demeanor and that up tempo you know while on the inside i'm cringing because i don't know who this person is and this is supposed to be my son so i pulled my husband aside and i told him i'm like something's going on jerome and and i don't know what's going on
2: Mm
1: -hmm. no, go ahead
0: no, we we get back, and um, believe me, I started pounding on doors at the base. And at that time, back in 2016, you know, it really wasn't, uh, PTSD wasn't getting the awareness, the education that we all know it to be today. And, you know, with COVID, mental illness has definitely surfaced to the forefront more so than ever. So...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it, it it really took a toll, but we we got through the process.
1: I Understand. So my question is, and I believe you alluded to that, but when you notice the 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 difference in your son's uh, demeanor, and you can just tell in his eyes that he wasn't mm-hmm. quite there, did you immediately blame the military for it, or did you blame your lack of even? Understanding what the Marines was as a mother, not just a spouse, because ladies and gentlemen, those of you that don't know her story, her husband is actually uh, served in the uh, in the Marines. So when you saw your son, did you now have a a I guess, a disdain for the United States government or did you play, you know, were you placing blame, so to speak?
0: All of the above, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of the above.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And, um, and, you know, things happen in life. Number one, we all know that. And we all go through things in life. But when the denial is there, you know, as I went up, I got back on base and, you know, went to the general's office. He was over in Iraq at the time. I'm, I'm knocking on every door over there. And believe me, as you all know, because your prior military and my brother, you are still serving, so God bless each of you and your families for serving and protecting and keeping our country and our borders safe, because I got, I have to throw in this little caveat real, real quick, because when I go out and I speak and I tell people as civilians, because still I'm a civilian, even though I'm a spouse of military and a mother, I've never put on that uniform. I never took that oath to say that I will go serve this country. And with that being said, we as civilians, we lay in our lofty beds at night here in America, never knowing what it's like to put on that uniform and go serve in battle to ensure our safety. So my brothers, I thank you for having taken the oath, And Larry, you still being in the military, I pray protection over you and your family. So I just had to throw that caveat in there because um, civilians don't get it. And, And I understand it's a different world, but anytime I have an opportunity to speak, I always have to throw that in there to just let them have a little thought process about that and give a little bit more honor and give a little bit more respect for our veterans and for our military active duty and those serving
2: okay well first off i appreciate those words you know um because it is lost on people some people that you know what it what it means to be in the military so really appreciate that and then also you know your family you know i mean is they also serve but um uh, back to your son how, how long did he serve in the in the marines four years four years okay mm-hmm. and um after after he sir after he got out you were having were you having issues what were the what were the, were the issues you were having with the base as far as communicating with him about his mental health what was the pushback you were getting
0: oh everything and and again you know and it goes back to you know at the time of our culture mental illness was not getting the play it's getting today um, mental illness is something in, in the Marine Corps, you know, it's like suck it up Marine. And um, it's, there's a lot of denial. And so for me to go on base as a mother, you know, it, it's like, he's property of the United States government. You don't own your son. He, you don't have any say so. And so there was a lot of pushback at the time, but that didn't stop me. Um, I remember going up against one of his first sergeants. And believe me, I'm i am tell you, when I say military mom on a mission, home girl was on a mission because I went up against that first sergeant and took my finger and poked in his shoulder. And I told him, I said, let me tell you something. You haven't even seen Iraqi war. If you guys don't get my son the help that he needs. I said, believe me, I will be parked at wishing company at the White House. And believe me, if that's how I've got to go out as a mother, being an advocate for my son, then so be it, because I'm not afraid of dying. Trust me. My son needs my voice. He doesn't have a voice and you guys are not giving him the proper resources and information that he needs and information that we need as a family to get him the help that he needs. And that's why so many of our veterans wind up homeless because the families Mm -hmm. don't know what to do. They're, They're at odds with it. Sometimes they're very afraid because they're in psychotic stages. They don't know how to handle it. So I understand it's a lot to take on, you know, mental illness within itself. So I was not going to leave out of here until he got everything that he needed. And he did. So I'm grateful for that. But it was a fight.
3: Yeah. And and Miss Million, Million Hair, mm-hmm. also while we're still talking about this mom on a mission, I want to mm-hmm. kind of go back a little bit and talk about okay. prior to you becoming mom on a mission. Let the audience know what your life was like before that, as far as what you were doing work-wise before you did a, a pivot and this became your actual focus in life.
0: Yeah, at the time I was a vice president of a chamber of commerce there in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And then I actually went into politics. I was a county commissioner. I um, was appointed. I served for two years. uh, A gentleman that was in the seat prior, he um, died. And so I was appointed and walked into, um, out of 350 years of county commissioners, I was the first African-American female to ever serve Mm -hmm. in that county for a population of about 200,000. And so, you know, just living my life doing that and, you know, but then this became a whole new norm, a whole, and, and I've taken it to a whole nother level, you know, after writing the book, I've had a book club uh, for eight months. I created product line from the book. Um, I've created panel discussions every three months that I've had. I've uh, So I've done a lot surrounding the whole forum of mental health and working with the Los Angeles Mental Health Department. So it's really catapult me into this whole arena and creating a whole narrative about mental health and mental wellness and mental well-being and self-care and, you know, the things that you've got to look for in your loved ones, the signs that are there, the behavior changes. And so you know, a lot more lay people need to have an understanding about mental health. We've got to have open dialogue about it. We've got to get away from the stigma of mental health. And especially in our black communities, that's a whole nother topic for me to come back to talk a whole nother day.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it and, and back to, the, um uh, the things that you were noticing, you know, about mm-hmm. your son. what else besides you can just tell, you know, in his eyes that he wasn't there, what type of, um, uh, you know, what other signs did you notice? The reason why I'm asking mm-hmm. is because mm-hmm. there's individuals out there that may be listening that don't know what to look for in not just their child, but even their significant other, right. Mm-hmm. When, um, they, their, uh, the presence isn't there anymore. So what was it? What other signs did you notice as to, you know, to give you signs to yourself? Hey, my son isn't quite there. What else did you see?
0: Well, after he had been diagnosed and he had a full mental breakdown six weeks after getting out of the military where I had to actually call the cops. And I mean, I'd never call the cops on any of my children in my life. We never had behavioral issues. So, This is something very new to me. And um, by the time the cops got there, he had calmed down. He was sitting in front of the house and three cops showed up. It was one female, two male. And, you know, the woman walked over to me and asked, you know, what all had happened. I said, you know, he just... Got released from the military six weeks ago, had a full mental breakdown. And so the woman says to me, I understand, you know, what you're going through. And I looked at her like she's crazy. I'm like, You're a cop, what do you know about what I went through? You know, that was like my thought and feeling. And she could detect on my face, you know, that I wasn't really too happy with her response. And I said, What do you? And I actually stated, I said, What do you mean you know what I'm going through? She says, ma'am, I have to tell you, my husband is a Marine. And he's been deployed five times we have children and i deal with these episodes when he comes back from war and oh my god my heart just like went out to hug i'm like can i give you a hug i'm like oh my god you know and people don't realize that's why i say civilians don't have an idea the sacrifices what goes on behind closed doors for our veterans, for our active military, and some of the things that they're fighting. And this is not everybody, you know what I mean? But, you know, they're really going through. And so they asked us, you know, do you want us to take him over? And, you know, if we do, we'll have to handcuff him. I'm like, no, you're not handcuffing my son. He's not a criminal. He's calmed down. We'll take him, you know, follow them over there. And we were there for like five hours and that's when the doctor comes out stating your son has been diagnosed with PTSD, bipolar, schizophrenia, and severe psychosis. And I'm like, what? Uh, I'd never uh, heard of any of this before. So after having to deal with all that, I I'd stated earlier as I was sharing with a few of you, um, at the time I was you know vice president of a chamber. I was rolled back in school and I was getting my degree in entrepreneurism, but when this ordeal happened, and now a new narrative that we have to live with, I then changed my major to psychology. So as a mother, I could really comprehend and understand some of the behavioral changes that my son was dealing with. I also went on and became certified as a life coach. And I'm also a certified mental health coach. So talking about the behavioral changes and the things in your loved ones that you need to detect and Recognize maybe, and, and, and I'll say this, this is this will make you laugh. I tell people, I'm like, anytime in the family, somebody says, Girl, you know how aunt so and so is?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a clue yeah. that what they're saying, there's some behavior patterns that are not normal and mm-hmm. they're a little over the top,
2: right?
0: And oftentimes in our black communities. We've looked at it as, oh, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so girl, she crazy. You know how she crazy, is and yeah. you know how she be acting and Make
1: excuses for her. Mm-hmm.
0: exactly. And that's what we've done out of ignorance. We've done out of shame. We've done from the place because of the stigma, because no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to open up that subject, but in order for us to survive and live and thrive, we have to open up that subject matter and we have to look at it and we have to come to a place in our communities that it is okay to get help and stop looking at people and stop quote unquote calling them crazy because it's not about that. It's about getting healed. It's about recovery. It's about restoration. And that's the focus. That's where we need to be. So we have to have a different conversation in our families about this. So our people can really live not in this bondage. So we, we've got to start having this level of dialogue and some of the signs and going back to, when you asked that question, I'll give you an example. So my son was on medication, okay, after his diagnosis, but oftentimes what will happen with them is that they stop taking their meds And when they stop taking their meds, it shows up, give you a real quick, brief um, situation that happened. Now, my son lived about five minutes from my husband and I. And um, he, at the time, he was going to church with us. So I called him that Saturday to find out, remind him, you know, hey, champion, mom's just calling. You still going to church with us tomorrow morning? Yeah, mom, I'm going. Okay. Sunday morning, I called him before my husband and I leave the house. And I could tell the way he answered the phone. He was like, hello. Okay. I told my husband, I'm like, I put him on mute. And I'm like, okay, Jerome is in that psychotic stage. I got to the point that I could hear his voice. And I knew whether something was going on. I knew when the shift happened. So my husband and I, we get in the car, we drive over there. He opens up the door and you could see that he was totally disoriented. He hadn't been to sleep all night. That's when that manic depressive, that manic disorder starts showing up on the high, sometimes on that low. And so the behavior changes are there. And so we walked in and he was very jittery, very nervous a lot of anxiety and you can see all these behaviors that would that he was displaying and i when i w- was on my book club i would go through a part that's in my book when your loved one is in that psychotic stage you have to know how to talk with them you can't be all hyped up and oh what's the matter with you and you know you've got to talk in a space and in a place where your voice is low. You have got to watch your body language. You can't be all because all of that stuff brings that mental disorder to a very disruptive place. So at that point in time, you have got to become in a very solace attitude, talk very low key, talk very distinctly, and watch the behavior. And if your loved one is at the point where you can't bring them to a state of calmness, you may have to call 911. And I also tell people, you have to also understand and know the laws that govern mental mental illness in your state. For example, we lived in North Carolina. There were a couple of times we had to have him committed voluntarily, which technically he's being arrested, okay? But Mm. for mental health problems. And some states, you can't do that. So there's just a lot of dynamics that go along with this whole process of a loved one in your family, you know, suffering and dealing with mental illness.
3: Right.
2: Okay. Okay. Hey, so, hey, Seth Seth having a little bit of IT issues, but we are gonna roll into our sponsors real quick, and then we'll be be right back with some more with Millionaire, Miss Millionaire Williams. Thank
1: you. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700 and that's inside Scott VFW post 4183 and they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Dan sent you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together.
2: Okay, okay. okay. Hey, hey, Miss Miss uh Miss Millionaire Williams, yes, okay sir for you. Um so you say after banging on doors and stuff like that, you was finally able to get your son the help that he needed. Can you tell us what, what did that look like? You know, what 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 was the help that he needed and what was the change you started to gradually see in your son?
0: Well, and and a couple of ways of of going about that certainly was at the base, but I, um, after we got the diagnosis, I knew, you know, okay, everything that I had been telling the people there at the United States Marine Corps, I wasn't crazy that I knew something was wrong with my son. Now I had a medical document that confirmed everything that I Knew something was wrong, but of course, certainly didn't know what the diagnosis was. So at that time, I wrote the VA administration. I took it upon myself to do that. And um, I even actually, we, we were going to hire an attorney to help with this process, but I had written the letter to the VA prior to, but I also kept that scheduled appointment with the attorney to kind of get an attorney involved if this wasn't going to work. And I never, I never, uh, will forget the attorney saying to me because I took all the documentation that I've had that I had at the time and um, showed him the letter. And he told me straight up, he said, million, there's, there's nothing I can do to help you. He said, the letter that you've written on behalf of your son, I guarantee you, he will get all of his benefits. You have nothing to worry about. He said, I should actually hire you here at my law firm to help us with the cases, (laughs) you know, and believe me, he got his benefits, medical, financial all his back pay from that one letter that I wrote to the VA and you know it, it hurts my heart when I hear of veterans out there, you know, fighting to get their benefits, fighting to get, mm-hmm. you know, what should already be. And and I keep saying, I know that I've got a date and an hour and a time with our Congress in Washington, DC. I'm told a few of my Congress folks, because I think it's totally ludicrous. I think it's totally outrageous. What once you've served in you've been deployed and you've served especially in war, it should be automatic 100% when you come back. It shouldn't even be paperwork. It should be a check waiting in your bank account when you hit United States soil. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it makes no sense to me at all, but I don't want to get on that tangent because that would be a whole you
3: know,
0: nother ride right there.
3: <laughs> I know, right? Hey, ma'am. Um, my my question is, and, and I'm not trying to get all into his business as far as his medical stuff and the history, you know, and all that, but it sounds like before he joined the Marines, he was fine, right? Did he, yeah. he didn't have any of yeah. these symptoms? Oh, you my son went,
0: went through school, never had a fight, never had right. issues. He was like the class clown and when everybody joking with and talked with everybody, social skills high like his mama, you know, yeah. talk to anybody, have a subject matter. Let's talk, you know, so none of these things showed up prior to.
3: Yeah. So so my question is, as is how receptive was he to going to get treatment? Right. And hopefully Mm -hmm. he was able to find out the root cause. I don't know if he opened up about, you know, maybe something he saw, what drove him to be what he in the state of the mind. He's in now. And I'm not asking you to tell us that or anything. I'm just asking how was he when it was initially time to go get treatment and get help? Was he receptive or did it take some time to kind of win him over?
0: Well, it took a little bit of time to win him over, but not that long because he has a praying mama, a warrior, okay? So, therefore, I knew the fight was also spiritual that I was dealing with and I had to approach it from that perspective, and I did. You know, so I I fought in the physical on his behalf and I fought in the spirit. So, fighting on those two accounts, you can't go wrong with that. So, but like I, he went to therapy, he would go through all his appointments, and the one thing that was just really a blessing because our family wrote we've always been very close. So my son gave me permission to have power of attorney over his medical and his financial affairs. Sure. So with that being done, they couldn't stop me. You know what I mean? I was in every one of his appointments, every therapy appointment he had two or three times a week, we were there, you know. He was on and i have all this in the book he was on like about 20 different meds over the course of time you know before things got totally regulated you know one time i went to visit him he's drooling at the mouth you know the medication you know it's like all these things that we went through so i immediately like no we're going to see your doctor right now i'm calling the va we we gone we don't we don't walk in i would never let them just deal with my son as if he was another number or just, you know, no, it, it wasn't gonna happen. I'm like, he came out of this womb that God allowed me. So no, 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 no. We we're not going out like that. So I say all this to let people know you have to fight for your loved ones when it comes to their mental health because you have to know they don't have a voice at that time. You have to become that advocate, that voice that makes a difference, that sends a message into the medical, uh, whatever therapy counselors or whatever, you have to stand up and let them know, no, this is my loved one. You're not going to treat him or her just like cattle going through. No, it's not happening on my watch. Mm -hmm. And so believe me, I was very much hands on with all of his appointments and, you know, I had the luxury that I could do that. And I know other people, if they're working, they may not have that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. But you've got to do something.
1: Got you. So, here, I got a question for you um, through your research and, and the time that you actually took to you know, get involved in his medical care. Did anything come out that you found out was the breaking point? Right. Like meaning when he was overseas or, you know, deployed or if it Mm -hmm. wasn't basic training, if it was just a transition of not, you know, being a regular civilian to the military, you know, lifestyle. Was there anything that you found out that was the breaking point into changing his life?
0: Yeah, because he saw some things over there, you know, and he's if he was on, he'd be very transparent about it as well. Um, But he saw some some folks. Go through some stuff. He, he saw some bombs, and he was in motor T. So he transported those big Humvees. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. driving in them big old trucks over there. Yeah. So there were things that he saw. You know what I mean? And it's funny because we laugh about it now because it's years we've gone through the process. But my daughter is more of a fighter than my son. You know, she like a mama. <laughs> don't don't come for me if, if I ain't sent you because you don't want that. So you was, know, so, so you it's think, like his so personality you, wasn't, you know, this fighter killer. That's, that's, what,
1: that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that his his mentality wasn't, I guess, conducive to the yes. to, to the lifestyle or even the environment that he was in? You
0: are absolutely right, Seth. My son was my three kids. Jerome, who I wrote the book about, is the oldest. He is the artsy person, OK? He was an an art. My middle son, he's the analytical one. He's a real estate broker here in Los Angeles. And my daughter, she's got a little bit of both, the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere, and a lot of her mother's personality. She's in the entertainment field doing extremely well for herself. So, So he was the least likely of personality to even be, and of all the Marines. When I looked on YouTube and found out the crucible, of the training that he went through and passed it, I'm like, oh, oh my god, mm-hmm. you guys know Marines ain't no
2: joke. <laughs> they, ain't
0: no joke. they are,
2: <laughs> they, 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 are trained, they are trained, <laughs> kill, okay? yeah. yeah. they are trained to kill. Okay, let's be
0: real. They are trained to kill, you know, so his personality was not the one that you would say would be a marine but he made it through basic training i'm telling you i was like unbelievable i was like ask him how did you go through that i didn't even know you had that in you
2: mm-hmm. people surprise you, know? you. people surprise yeah. you when when when, it, when it's time when it's time to put the show on the road oh yeah you never know what you can do that's so, true so so my question um uh, miss millionaire is um being that you didn't come from a military background Mm-hmm. And, and your husband did like, like what, what uh, if you could speak to what his thought process was during this whole time frame, as far yeah. as what your son was going through. Cause so he has two parents, one that, that's, that's, that hasn't been in the military and his father who, who made it to the highest ranks in the military. How was that?
0: Well, well, I'm going to divulge a little personal information right now. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, we weren't married at the time when he was in the military. Copy. So, We got married after he had retired from years. So I still didn't go through, you know, prior wars. My kids didn't go, you know what I mean? So, but my husband also knew that there was some PTSD and we talked about that. You know, it's like, and my husband (laughs) was so funny. You know, we've talked stories about, you know, when he was in the military and he said, you know, they used to look at some guys coming in and it's like they'd make bets because he was a drill sergeant so you mm-hmm. already know what yeah. kind of he is okay and um they used to make bets oh he's not gonna make it he's not gonna make it she ain't gonna make it so i'm like okay if you guys knew that as drill sergeants that certain of them didn't meet the criteria why would the why would the military keep them. Some people surprise
2: you, though. You know, you look at them. You look at—I've seen some people that look soft as hell. Right. I just knew they weren't going to be able to make even Air Force basic training. Right. He, he ends up being an undergrad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So sometimes it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to just go off a look. Yeah. yeah.
0: It is. It yeah. is because none of us really know until we put to the test really the fiber that we're made of. Sometimes, unless you go through that fire, you really don't know.
3: Absolutely. No.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, ma'am. You're right about that.
3: We we had a question from from one of our audience members, and I don't know if you can see it at the stream, but I'll read it for you. Yeah. I did. I asked, um, is there anything the military can do better to help identify members prior to them being discharged from the military? What what is your input? Your research that you've seen that the military can do better?
0: Oh, a whole lot. But one thing in particular, especially mm-hmm. if they're married.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: My thing is there needs to be classes for the spouses of military so that they understand when their loved one comes home, they're not the same individual. However, they look the same physically. And you know, of course, if none of their body parts, something has happened also, cause not all everyone comes back with all their body parts. But if they do, there has to be classes to help these spouses and the family members understand and be better prepared to help their loved ones come back. And so, and if they're not married, they have to have them going through the proper therapy and not just make it a number where they know something's wrong, but they're just gonna, you know, write it off anyway, because that's gonna come back and haunt them later on anyway. And so if they go in being a lot more proactive in dealing with our military members in a way to set them up for success, I believe we'd have less issues on the back end when they do get relieved and when they do discharge and when they transition back into regular life.
1: Absolutely. I do agree. I do agree. Um, And to to your point, it's it's more than just uh, those physical wounds, you know, what people come back with or the things that they don't have is more than just a lack of a limb, right? Or maybe an eye, right? It it could be just that, you know, that their whole personality has now shifted. And so I do agree that there is a a level of uh, reintegration That should be done for not just the individual coming back, but the family and not just the spouses, right? Even the kids, because the kids have to understand, hey, mom and dad may be a little different. So, you know, so maybe some sensitivity classes, you know. I really do think that that would be. You know, something great. But look, um, we're going to take one more pause for the calls, ladies and gentlemen. If y'all are understanding this and dig this, please make sure that you're sharing this, right? Share the wealth because this is some great information that uh, your friends, families, co workers uh, could possibly use, okay? So we will be right back to talk with Miss Millionaire, right? The mom on the mission. Mm-hmm.
4: Because we're born creative beings, but we lose it along the way with all of those no's and people telling you that you can't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to foster that and really help them to see that you know, creativity is not as hard as we make it to seem and mm-hmm. innovation isn't hard either. It's simply the implementation, uh, doing something a little different to make things better or enhance them or you know, a service, a product or whatever. So. Be careful
1: who you build with. Because people will use you for the foundation and finish the structure with someone um, else. Then Is
4: that- sometimes, you know, when we we trust the wrong people, mm-hmm. you know, we expect them where we ask them to come and deal with us. You know, expecting that if they sign on, that they will see it through. Right. But oftentimes people do they, they see what you're doing and, you know. They say, oh, well, I could do it better or I could do it differently or whatever, you know, and they think that your your idea surpasses or their idea surpasses where they think your vision is. Mm -hmm. So they'll jump ship before it even, you know, comes to fruition or that it even becomes as great as it can be. And they'll jump ship and they'll grab somebody else or sometimes sometimes. They will even sabotage you
1: know so you have to have conversations on the front end first okay cool i have done this i'm not the best but i have done a b c and d you see what i'm doing this interests you okay what have you done and how can we move together right that's the holistic conversation because as soon as an individual can benefit off of you You will be able to see them benefiting and you not. It's very
4: important to be transparent. Mm -hmm. It's very important. You know, like when people, even in different things, when people have done stuff behind my back or something like that, and then they be like, well, I didn't know how you was going to feel about it. (laughs) What am I saying? No, like, you know what I mean? Like. I can't stop you from doing that, but give me the chance to, you know, at least have a dialogue about it. Mm -hmm. And then give me the chance to encourage you or to help you out, support you where I can. You know what I mean?
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back, y'all. We're here with Mission Mom on the mission. Okay, Mom on the mission. So, Larry, Herm,
3: what y'all think about this show, y'all? How important is this? Very important because mental health is it affects all of us, whether we know it or not. Uh we know somebody in the family, friends, neighbors, whatever. Uh, and we need to know what to do first off, what it is understanding what we're what we're dealing with, and then how to get them help or get us help, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, I agree. Right,
2: so the, the biggest takeaway for, for me right now is uh, sometimes you got to be the advocate for somebody you love. You know what I mean? If they, they might not have the capacity they might not, or they might not know the first steps. Sometimes you're going to have to be the one to step in to start those steps or even finish it all the way through to make sure that person is protected. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Some, sometimes you're the one that's going to have to toe that low
1: hmm. No, I can dig it. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting right back into this with Miss Millionaire Williams in the building. Okay. Right. right. Welcome back, ma'am. Welcome back. So if, if there's anything that you would like to tell the mothers, fathers, Um, out there that are, uh, that have uh, service members or their children or other family members that are in the service and uh, that's going through things? What type of words of encouragement would you give them?
0: What I would say to them, from my heart to theirs, you're not in this alone. There are many people out here to support you, to help you, to guide you, that has gone before, like myself. I am available. If you need to speak with me, I have multiple resources that I can send you, that I can share with you, that are also in my book. I intentionally wrote the book from a place of, one, telling the story. However, I wanted this book to be like a self-help guide for people as they read it, So in the append in the appendix of the book, there's a lot of resources. I also even have the copy of the letter that I wrote to the VA administration, because I know sometimes people don't have the ability to write or feel intimidated by going up against, you know, the powers that be. So I I tell people, look, take my letter, change the name, Do what you need to do. Use it as a format to get to the VA administration to make some changes. So my thing is, you're not in this alone. Pick up the phone. Know that there are multiple resources available, but you have to ask for the help because that's what I did. This was my first time dealing with this. I had no prior resources. I had no prior background for this. I wasn't equipped to deal with this prior to. So this was all a new onset for me. But like I tell people, bring it. I don't care what it is. You know, I'll figure it out. As long as I have a mouth and I can get on the phone, I can call. And and that's what I did. I called my congressman. I got him involved. You know, a lot of times we as civilians, we don't hold our government accountable. Get on the phone and call your mayor's office. Find out what resources. Get on the phone and call your county supervisor's office. Find out what resources are available for veteran families. I, trust me, I was down at that office knocking on doors, making calls, sending emails. When I say I was on a mission, I ate and drank this daily. And I would not stop. So know that help is on the way. Help is here. But you have got to reach out and right. um, I, I make myself available to your audience. Should They need to call me. They need some input. I'm a great life coach as well. So please, you know, Absolutely. you you without excuse, you're hearing me. I'm making myself available to you. Should yeah. you need these type of services?
2: Absolutely. You know,
0: even those that, you know, are needing to get um. The disability increase. I have people that work with that. Uh, every veteran should be 100% that's been deployed. Bottom line. <laughs> bottom line.
2: I hear that. Miss Millionaire, Miss yes, Millionaire, I want to appre- appreciate you for coming on and sharing your story with, with the audience. I know it's, it's not always easy, you know, no matter how many times you're talking about it, because you're talking about your son, not somebody you just know. And, you know, you, you you have to rethink about everything that he went through. And even though, you know, you was able to get your mission accomplished as far as getting them to the help, it still has to hurt to know that your son went through that. So thank you for bearing your soul and also uh, letting people know that you're available to help them through that. Uh, one thing I want to do, say, uh, uh, Miss Jackie, I think his last name is Del- Delozer. Is that how you say it? Dozier. Dozier? I, yeah. I I want to commend her for her comment because a lot of people, don't comment. Don't don't talk about uh, PTSD uh, on the family side of the house. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I want to say because we do talk about we do talk about people that deploy a lot. Um, it also applies to people that don't uh, don't deploy. I mean, we, yeah. we go through a lot of things, even people that's not even in the military, yes. uh, of course, mm-hmm. can can get PTSD. So uh, I know we're we're talking about that because we're focused on her mm-hmm. book. But for the audience members out there. Uh, watch out for all your people, they don't have to be in the military, they don't mm-hmm. have to be deployed. You know, they have you know, it, 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 it doesn't stop there or start there. Uh, just watch out for all your people. Thank you again, Miss Millionaire Millionaire Williams. I love that name. Thank you so much for coming on. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for having me. I, I mean, you, you guys have blessed me by just being able to share the story and get the information out to people and make myself available. And I will share this with your audience. For those that are are some praying folks out there, please keep me in prayer because my next venture, I've been approached by several companies to turn this book into film. So I'm pursuing that as my next level as I move and proceed forward. So just keep keep me in your heart and your prayers because I want the story out.
2: If you can't can get Denzel Washington, mind. if you can't get Denzel, <laughs> I am available. That's all, all I'm right. saying. I'm available. If you can't get Denzel, you better watch out. You better watch out. You put it out there, you better watch hey. out. Uh, hold on. Hey, her. Her. Her, didn't you say you got somewhere to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got somewhere to go, right? <laughs> I do, but hey, keep that in mind, Miss <laughs> Millionaire. It was a pleasure talking with you, ma'am. <laughs>
0: My heart here. Most brother,
3: right amen. Yeah. Right on. All right. Hey, Larry, what you got, brother? Finding word. All right, Miss Miss Millionaire. Before I close out, real quick, can you tell them the name of your book and where they can find it?
0: Yes. The name of my book is Military Mom on a Mission. Okay. An advocate for mental health. And if you go directly to my website. I will personally autograph it to you and get it mailed to you asap it it is on all the other platforms amazon barnes and noble you can go on the bookstore all those platforms but of course you won't get the personalized autograph so if you order it from my website which is www.militarymomonamission.us
3: okay Thank you for that. And like I told you before, and I'm gonna continue to say it again, thank you for your time. I know you're on California time and not central or Eastern time. So you're a little, early, it's all little good, earlier brother. than us, but thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being transparent and thank you for keeping your word. Cause sometimes I run into people. I'm like, you gotta come on and we gotta yeah. them down, listen down. You were pretty open and you you honored your word. So I just thank you for sharing that information. And I pray that we do see some more of you, especially get that, that book in, in the film. And I'm hoping the folks that were listening to it got some out of it. If nothing else, know there's resources and there's somebody that can you can actually reach out to as a starting point, which is you, ma'am. So thank you again for your time.
0: Thank Absolutely. you for having
1: me, my brother. <clears throat> Absolutely. So again, ma'am, I would like to just echo my brothers and um, just tell you how much we appreciate you and to all those mothers and fathers out there. We appreciate you as well, because when your child is deployed or your significant others is, is deployed, you are too. So the shift that happens in their mind, in their spirit, they bring it back home to you. So you have to be able to continue to fight that battle with them. Okay so when they come home the battle doesn't stop the war isn't over it's mm-hmm. just in a different environment so i encourage everyone everyone if there's someone that you know that do need help A, reach out to someone, okay? Grab the book if you you can use that to help you on out, but don't be afraid of counseling. Do not be afraid of counseling. Get the help that you need because a closed mouth will not get fed and you will just sit there wishing your baby will come back home. But realize that you are not a professional in that. If you're not, right? Go where the help is to get the help that your child or your significant other need and be cognizant of those signs okay be cognitive of those signs and if you have to do with miss millionaire did and, and and knocking on doors knock on those doors, okay? Knock on those right. doors, right? It's the squeaky wheel. It's the squeaky wheel. Hey. Okay, they get everything. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another Lion's Den with Seth. And be sure to stay in the comments. We will make sure that we get Miss um, Millionaire's uh, information. So when this podcast is done and up on Amazon, fire, stick, and Roku, Don't forget to download it. You will be able to catch this in many, many more of these shows. Okay, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you enjoy your weekend right on right on.